just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app on your iOS device. Follow me there, and you will be alerted every time I go live. You could ask me some questions, and you may even be featured on the Locked on Tigers podcast. up everybody welcome into lockdown tigers i'm your host chris castellani it is friday april 16th 2021 and we got a ball game to cover tigers lost last night an eight to four defeat at the hands of the oakland a's Derek Scubal on the mound for detroit last night it was not a good outing not a terrible outing it was it was an interesting outing. Tarek Skubal's had three starts so far this year. He had one a pretty good start. First time out against Cleveland, he had one disastrous start. His next outing against Cleveland at Progressive Field. And last night was so-so. And yet, it was actually the so-so start that has me the most concerned is a big word. I, I'm not going to go that far, but a little bit disappointed because his problem in the second outing against Cleveland was he just couldn't throw strikes. He just wasn't locating worth a damn. And, and when that happens, you're 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 gonna get popped eventually, even against a lineup that isn't great. If you're in if you're in counts where you are forced to throw strikes in the zone, uh, you're gonna get crushed. And he did. There there wasn't anything particularly about his stuff that was awful. I know there was the spin rate issue, but again, I, I one start statistically does not equal a trend. Last night, you had the four walks over four innings. Obviously, you want that to get fixed. Some of that is not his fault. Um, in an ideal world, Grayson Griner would have been catching last night, and Grayson Griner is not Mike Piazza. Or was Mike Piazza a great defensive catcher? I think he was. He, let's, let's go with the tried and true one. He's not Johnny Bench, right, behind uh, home plate. But uh, there's a, a bit more comfortability there. Uh, Griner has caught these young guys a bit more. I, I do think he's so-so, maybe slightly below average in terms of pitch framing. Wilson Ramos is one of the worst in baseball in, regarding pitch framing. Now, uh, because it was a left-handed starter on the mound for the A's, you got to put Nico Goodrum in the lineup, and he had a good game last night homering off of Sean Manaya. And because of that, you then DH uh, Robbie Grossman, who is one of your better on-base guys, so you don't want to take him out of the lineup. So you can't really DH Wilson Ramos, but you can't take his bat out of the lineup either. So you got to put Ramos behind the plate. I, I'm, I understand Hinch's line of thinking. You're going to sacrifice a good defense for good offense uh, pretty much a- any day of the week. Uh, I understand that, especially when you have a hitter that's been as hot as Wilson Ramos has been. So he got squeezed a few times. Pitch framing wasn't great. He also bounced way too many pitches. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and act like the command was good, but he got screwed by the catcher. That's that's not the case. His command was not very good last night, but again, I mean, the millionth time, I should put this on a t-shirt. Command is correctable. Stuff stuff is not. I, I think he'll figure that out. I think he'll fix that, but watching him pitch, 
it's one of the it's a very abstract thing that I noticed. And I'm sure there's going to be people who are going to say that I'm I'm overreacting and you know what perhaps I am, but he looks a little bit antsy on the mound. He doesn't look comfortable. And that could be a combination of things. Maybe it's a personal problem. You guys know how seriously I take personal issues and and I don't I don't know. Maybe he's got something going on in his life that's distracting him from baseball. Maybe it's a mechanical issue that someone much smarter than me is capable of figuring out. Maybe he saw the spin rate stuff. I know he did. He he addressed it his last start and said that it's something he's going to work on. Or maybe he is injured. I don't know. But his mound presence sucks. And his body language sucks. And that's something that needs to be fixed. Now look, when, when a pitcher is pitching well, it's very easy for them to come across as very imposing, very threatening. But even the, the pitchers who aren't great, right? Like Lance Lynn is a prime example. Lance Lynn, when he's on the mound, feels larger than life. He feels like a dominant pitcher. Even sometimes he is, sometimes he's not. He's pitched pretty darn well for the White Sox this year. But to me, that's one of the number one signs that a pitcher isn't completely right. I mean, you go back to Michael Fulmer in 2017, who was very imposing uh, on the mound. You know, big, broad shoulders and amazing stuff. And then all of a sudden in 2017, he was having some problems. And you could see him slumping his shoulders down because he was no noticeably injured, and the way the Tigers handled him that season and the, the seasons that followed, uh, I still consider it to be unforgivable. Scooball just seems very frustrated with himself. I'm seeing a lot of slumped shoulders. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of indecisiveness on the mound, shaking off his catcher, and I'm seeing stuff that is better than how he's pitched at the major league level so far. Uh, I, it does not look as explosive as it was last year or is it nor is it as explosive as it was in spring training this season it's it's fr- frustrating because i think that we we saw with mize several starts ago one of the biggest things that made that mize start so successful and i i didn't even talk about it is the fact that it was really the first time that you you saw casey mize trust his stuff cuz the guys had plus stuff probably since he was like 12 years old and I think Scooball last year, despite his struggles, came across as a guy who was a, a confident pitcher, who believed that things were going to be, be righted eventually. And all of a sudden, in, in this season, I'm not getting that impression. I, I'm seeing a fair amount of, of frustration. I hope he figures it out. I'm sure he's very disappointed. And you saw him in the dugout, you know, throwing a Gatorade bottle. Clearly, he's angry with his performance, and there's something he needs to figure out. I wish I had more answers. I wish I could come on here and say this is the reason why he's struggling and it's fixable or it's not fixable. I don't know. But just using the eye test, because this is still a game played by humans and watched by humans, something just appears slightly off. It's like you ever come back into your house after a long vacation and you notice that there's that picture on the doorway or where on on your wall that's just a little bit off-center and it wasn't that way before you left and you just got to go up and fix it. That's kind of how I feel with Tarek Skubal right now. The, the sky is not falling down. I still believe Tarek Skubal is going to be a wonderful pitcher, maybe even the best of the three-headed monster that we've talked about so many times. But through three starts... I think he's he's at a bit of an impasse. I think he'll get through it. I think he'll be fine. A guy who will not be fine is Joe Jimenez. He pitched a third of an inning, did record one strikeout, but walked three and allowed three runs. This was his first 
outing of the season. Nomar Mazzara was placed on the 10-day injured list with that abdominal strain. Tigers decided to call up a bullpen arm. That makes sense. Uh, Their game against Houston, the third game of that series, Fulmer pitched five innings and they used Farmer and Cisnero and Soto and Garcia and Norris. Uh, I think Hinch, I understand Hinch's line of thinking being like, all right, let's call up a a bullpen arm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was pretty much done with him last year with how he pitched, but We're at a point now where it's actually kind of sad. Joe Jimenez was never some overwhelming, amazing, completely dominant, can't-miss player, but it really did seem for a while like this guy's going to be a solid major league reliever, maybe even the closer of the future. Or if he's not the closer of the future, the closer of the present, who you can trade away for prospects at some point. And he has gotten progressively worse and worse and worse. And last night, his stuff was as flat as I have ever seen it. Fastball hovering in the low to mid-90s, a slider that was in the upper 70s. I'm willing to give him that because I think that that, that was intentional, I'm mixing speeds that way, but I don't know what happened. Because what the weirdest thing about Joe Jimenez is, is that he's not Joel Zamaya. I wish I could look at him and say, well, you know what, injuries just derailed his career. Joe Jimenez has been healthy. I don't think at all, at one time throughout his major league career, I don't think Joe Jimenez has ever gone on the injured list. So what has happened? That is a story that somebody, again, somebody much smarter than me will have to explain because I don't think our eyes deceived us in the first part of 2018. Like, I do think that that version of Joe Jimenez was on track to become a really solid major league reliever. I don't know what happened. I wish I could say it was injuries. That's an easy explanation, but his stuff, he pitches like a guy who's coming back from an injury and kind of has for several seasons. Like the the fastball velocity is down. I think we always overrated his explosiveness regarding his fastball velocity, but it was never, it was never awful, right? It was never terrible, but it, it peaked, I think at 98 in 2018. Now he's peaking at 94, 95. I don't, I don't know what's happened. And he, look, Joe Jimenez is not going to be a piece of the future here. Joe Jimenez, I don't think he's going to be a piece of the present going forward, quite honestly. I think he'll be spending most of his time in the minor leagues this year. They gave the guy every opportunity, but it is sad watching a guy that you know at one point was was pretty serviceable be uh, trash. Yeah, I wish I could be nicer because he seems like he seems like a, a pleasant fellow, but bad outing, bad outing by Joe Jimenez last night. Uh, that game was put on ice uh, the second he was brought in. So that'll do it for segment number one. When I come back at segment number two, we're going to talk a little bit more about last night's game. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 Female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. 
We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back for segment number two, uh, giving you a few more observations, things I noticed in last night's loss, an 8-4 loss to the Oakland Athletics. Sean Manaya pitched for the A's, and uh, yeah, he looked pretty darn good. Six innings, five hits, two runs, both of them earned, zero walks, and seven strikeouts. I know I said on Thursday's show that in some kind of alternate universe, Sean Manaya would have turned out to be an ace, and, and that is true, and I don't know how high his ceiling is at this point because of the injuries you wonder about durability, but looked pretty darn good last night. I mean, stuff is good. I, I I always felt like at full health, there's a really dangerous pitcher there. He's got kind of a deceptive delivery, that weird arm slot that's probably difficult to pick up. Uh, Oakland is a good place to pitch at. Uh, Tigers had trouble with him last night. I mean, that, to be honest, considering how good he looked, getting those two runs across the board, that's that's not awful. Obviously, the pitching did not hold up their end of the bargain. And really, the big story, the thing I forgot to mention in the previous segment, Tigers pitchers walked 12 Oakland A's batters last night. You're not going to win any game doing that. And it seems as though, it appears as though, that's starting to become a bit of a running theme throughout uh, Tigers baseball right now. You go back and you watch the game against Houston uh, in game number three in that series. It was a ball game they nearly lost because they just... The, the relievers didn't have any command, and that's going to make A.J. Hinch's job difficult. This is a deep bullpen. I don't know if it's a great bullpen, but even whether it's great or not or good or mediocre, and we're, we're splitting hairs at that point, the fact is they got to throw more strikes. they got to throw more strikes. I, I know Hinch has talked about how the identity of this team is starting pitching, and that's great, but in 2021 baseball, you need solid innings out of your relievers. And look, there are a lot of relievers out there who don't have great command but are able to get away with it because they have overwhelming stuff. Uh, I don't know if that person exists in this version of the Tigers' pen. I I guess Soto is probably the only one capable of really getting away with that, but even he's got to be able to find the zone a little bit more consistently. Offensively, there were a few bright spots. Nico Goodrum had three hits yesterday, homered, uh, really impressive home run to center field. And then a guy who needs to get going a little bit and had two hits yesterday, including a double and a triple, uh, Willie Castro. He's off to a very rough start this year, 220 average, 570 OPS. He's moved down the lineup a little bit. Part of that is because of the fact that you know Ramos and, and Candelario have been so good. They had Castro batting second or third uh, throughout the first 12 games. He batted sixth last night. Also made an error. Look, Hinch has discussed this at length. He believes that Willie Castro was a very good offensive player. He said that specifically verbatim many times. I think subliminally that's also him saying he stinks defensively I think if he was a great well-rounded all-around player he'd say oh no Willie Castro is great but hey he says he's a great offensive player I believe him Hinch has a great eye for talent I one of my favorite stories of his I've talked about it on the podcast before was him putting Alex Bregman in the two spot in their lineup despite the fact that he started his career over 20. He believes in these guys. <clears throat> I'm starting to lose my voice. I apologize. Done too much talking this week. I know there's a lot of people who are freaking out about him. I know that in the Tigers group chat, some of those guys are huge Willie Castro fans and they're worried about uh, his production so far. I- I'm-, I'm not, and I'll tell you why. This is a prime example of Willie Castro coming back down to earth. The batted ball data, which I've talked about 
and nauseum, but it that stuff provides you an opportunity to see how good a player may be going forward. And when you have a player who had a tremendous OPS a year ago, but only had an exit velo and a hard hit rate in the you know fifth and sixth percentile, that supports the fact that this is a guy who's probably not going to be as good the next year. Now, my counter to that is that if you have a shortstop, even in a 60-game season who puts up a 940 OPS, it means there's something there. I did not believe that last year was a reflection of the player he can be, but I still believe he could be a very serviceable, very solid major league hitter. Lastly, one guy I want to focus in on who's really been struggling, Jonathan Scope. He was over three last night, did it have a sack fly, a 190 average, and a 424 OPS right now. I think he's getting closer to turning it around. I think he might be due for a home run or a big game coming up here soon because I thought last night the swings were better, the at-bats were better. Look, when you're slumping, that, that's such a difficult thing to break out of because it feels like everything you've you've learned, everything you've, you've tried to adjust to throughout your major league career is just a little bit wrong. It's got to be tough, but I, I try to spot when a guy may be on the verge of turning it around. I remember thinking that the, the swing he had on the sack fly last night was one of his better ones of recent memory. He's one of the guys on this team that I'm trying to give a lot of leeway to. He was very good last year. He's been good throughout his career. When he slumps, he's really going to slump because he's not a guy who gets on base a ton, but he's a good hitter. He has great bat-to-ball skills. He hasn't this year, but he has for the most part throughout his career. I would say Jonathan Scope is due at some point soon. I would look for him to maybe have a, a nice game at some point this weekend. So this is going to be a really short uh, second segment. I know the timing on these segments, at least today, is probably going to be a little bit wonky, but not much else to say about what was a uh, uh, Tigers beatdown at the hands of the Oakland A's. So when we come back, we're going to preview tonight's game in Oakland against the A's game two of this series. We'll be back in just a second. Built Bars are tasty. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate nut flavors, 8 chocolate nut-free flavors. It says so on the packaging. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. I had my very first one just the other day, the peanut butter brownie one. And unlike a lot of other protein bars, which have a little bit of crunch to them, these, they really do melt in your mouth. And Built Bars are healthy too. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or girl. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Look at uh, something like the peanut butter brownie, the one I just talked about. That's 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams net carbs. You can try them today, but we have a special offer as well. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
Fantasy Baseball Addicts, you now have a new resource to help give you an advantage in your leagues. Locked on Fantasy Baseball, it's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Season-long fantasy, dynasty leagues, DFS, Locked on Fantasy Baseball covers it all. Subscribe to Locked on Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back for the last segment. Chris is very tired right now. I cannot hide my feelings. I am a very tired boy, but we got one more segment left, and then I got to do some editing. We can get out of here. Let's preview tonight's ball game in Oakland again, 9.40 p.m. Thankfully, I won't be working the next day, so I I won't be as tired when I wake up on Saturday. Jose Urania going for the Tigers. He's 0-2 with a sparkling 8-2-2 ERA. Urania, this of course, of course, coming from MLB.com, Urania has as many walks as strikeouts, nine each over seven and two-thirds innings through two starts to go, with a career-high 47% hard hit rate, excellent, putting his rotation spot in potential danger as Spencer Turnbull nears a return from the injured list. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they brought that up, because I was actually going to mention that. Spencer Turnbull's going to be coming back soon. I uh, pitched the, the, a game the other day, I can't, I can't recall where, sorry, but... He'll be back. I do think that the plan was to go with a six-man rotation going forward. Like, I think that was the original plan because because at some point, Scooball and Mize's innings are going to be monitored. You kind of give them that extra day of rest in between starts. I don't know if that's going to be the case anymore because Jose Urania has been so bad that I don't see how you can feel good about throwing him out there, even if it's every sixth day instead of every fifth day. There's pitchers on this team who have had bad luck, right? Tehran, but Tehran's stuff looked pretty good. He's sad he only was able to pitch one outing. Mize, we know how good he's looked. We know how good Matt Boyd has looked. If there's any person on this team, outside of Joe Jimenez, who doesn't really count because he didn't make the team out of spring training, if there's any pitcher on this team that I think is just in general, a lost cause. I think Jose Urania is that guy. Now, Chris Fetter, I was very excited about that hire, right? And I I was. But Chris Fetter is not a miracle worker. What I felt like Chris Fetter is capable of doing is taking good pitchers and making them great. Pitchers with great stuff and making them great. And you know what? So far this season, it seems so early on, right, that Mize has taken a step. Matt Boyd looks like a different pitcher. Fulmer's been all right as he continues to, to come back from Tommy John surgery. I just don't think that they can do anything with Urania because the man, like I know I've said a million times, including on today's pod, that stuff is correctable, command is not. True, but when your command has not been good for like eight years, you are the pitcher that your numbers just reflect you to be. Like I, I just think in order for him to be completely fixed, it would take some genius taking uh, Jose Urania up to a mountain somewhere and, and teaching him some some rare form of pitching that allows him to to become better and fixes his mechanics completely because he's a he's a sinker ball pitcher who doesn't have a very good sinker. I mean that's a pitch that you needs to be thrown for strikes because that's a pitch that if thrown in the zone can get a lot of weak contact but his command isn't good enough. He's a brutal, brutal pitcher to watch. Like, watching a guy get popped and giving up a lot of home runs is bad, but just from the, for the eye test, like, watching a guy who cannot find the zone 
uh, is insanely brutal. Now, uh, I say this, but I don't know. Maybe he'll go out tonight and pitch well. Maybe my concerns with him, maybe me calling him a lost cause, I don't. I know he doesn't listen to the podcast, but maybe he's going to find something. I just don't see it. Like, if it was three years ago and he had these two bad starts, he'd be like, okay, maybe because his stuff was a lot better then. Yeah, Jose Urania needs work. I, I hope, look, I hope he proves me wrong. It's what I've said from the beginning. I hope all these guys do. I, I really do. I hope every person that I've criticized comes back and, and heaves a giant middle finger at me because it'll mean that my favorite team has been successful, but I just I just don't see it from him, man. He has been brutal through two starts. I guess if there's any consolation, if there's any silver lining, he was admittedly better a season ago, or I'm sorry, better in his a season ago. What am I saying today? He was better his last time out than he was his his first time out. So maybe he'll take another step forward, but I don't know. Thankfully, the Tigers are going up against Frankie Mont- Montas. Montas, even Rocky had a Montas. Montas. He's one and one with an 8-3-1 ERA. Montas earned a win in Houston on Saturday, the first of the season for the A's rotation. He'll be eager to do more, though, given that he has posted an 8-3-1 ERA and a 1.96 whip through two starts. That's brutal. Good stuff. He was a prospect that a lot of people were high on, and it speaks to what I talked about yesterday. I feel like sometimes the A's let the air out of the balloon in regards to how they develop some of their starters. Because I remember thinking, seeing this guy's minor league numbers and, and seeing the kind of stuff he had early and being like, he could be explosive. Now, he's still young. I think he's very capable of turning it around. I think he's far more likely to be able to turn this ship around than, say, Jose Hirena is. But, uh, yeah, Tigers, this is not a terrible matchup for them. I think there will be a fair amount of runs in this game. But who knows? Maybe Montas is going to find something. I, I feel like I'm maybe being a little bit too critical of him because I know his stuff is good. Uh, I just, at this point in his career, I did expect him to be a little bit better, but we're talking about two starts here, people. We're talking about two starts. Maybe he'll find it. Who knows? Maybe it'll be a a repeat of game seven in the 91 World Series and both pitchers are going to go seven plus scoreless innings. We'll see, but that will do it for today's show, and that will do it for this week's worth of shows. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. Leave a written review, like I said, because I got a negative one recently, and uh, it was somebody who said that this podcast is boring, there's better Tigers podcasts, and maybe there are. He, He brought up my ego like, if you know me, I don't have an ego. I'm, like, one of the least confident people you've ever met. Whatever, I'm rambling off into, into nonsense. I appreciate all your support, all of you. The people who followed the Lockdown Tigers account, who listened to the pod, the feedback you've given me has been amazing. And I'm very happy to be back doing this. We're in the, we're in the swing of things now in baseball season, and it's very exciting. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend, and go, Tigers. <laughs>